The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is the Employment Law Show. All righty, and uh, we are ready to go. We hope you are as well. Our good pal Alex Luchaferro is doing all the heavy lifting here. Over the next half hour, you have questions about uh, your job, your life, employment law. It's a pretty robust set of skills that uh, that Alex has to fill you in and uh, keep you on the straight and narrow when it comes to knowing what you should know about the common law rights of your job and your employment life. So I want to get to an email or two possibly later on in the evening, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is well free. Anonymous website, severance pay calculator is there. Two million people have used it, so it's pretty popular. Alex Luchaferro, partner, Sam Firu, Tamarkin, LLP. They are the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. You can take that to the bank, but call in and talk to us. We'd love to talk to you. Alex, we'll get it going here with our topic, or at least a couple topics if we got time. This evening, everything you need to know about constructive dismissal, about what it is, and moving on from there in between the phone calls. And if we got a bit of time at the end, things your employer won't tell you. How about that? But first, my brother, we always start with the uh, the case of the day. What's going on in your desk, pal? Hey, Johnny. Thanks very much. Great to be here, yeah. as always. Always nice to be live on the air talking employment law, workplace rights. Uh, lots of uh, conversations about severance these days. We're seeing lots of uh, people, lots of employers restructuring their operations, lots of employees, unfortunately, being let go. And that means lots of chats about uh, severance, John, but really anything under the employment law, son, we're here to talk about whether it's uh, workplace harassment or medical leaves of absence. Listen, if it has to do with your employment, if it has to do with your work, we cover it here on this very show. And as you said, John, a a crucial part of this show. It's obviously a live call-in show. We're here to take your calls, answer any and all questions you might have about your employment situation. Uh, you know, listen, we speak to people every single day, John, who thank us for doing the show. Thank us for informing the public on what their legal rights are when it comes to employment law. Uh, and of course, our callers on this very show play a huge part in that. I mean, no matter, no matter how big or small you actually think your problem is, it's always going to be important because by calling in and asking your question, not only are you giving us a chance to help you actually resolve your employment situation, but listen, trust me, you're actually helping lots of other people out yep. there who are dealing with exactly the same kind of situation. So please, we want to hear from you. It's your chance to speak with an employment lawyer. I always say, John, I don't know much else about any other area of law. Don't ask me about criminal law, but if you want to ask me a question about employment law, I'm your guy. Uh, and we're here to answer calls for the next 25 minutes or so. So as you mentioned, John, to get us all warmed up for the show tonight, uh, we used to call it the week that was. We now call it the case of the day appropriately. Uh, and I'll uh, I'll tell you a little story, John. This was a matter that's been going on for the past couple of weeks. I spoke to this gentleman. It would have been earlier in March at this point, uh, maybe the first or beginning of the second week of March. Very nice man. He was in his early 40s, had been with the same company for about six and a half years or so. Uh, retail employee. He started as a kind of a regular store worker and actually worked his way up over the course of just six years. It was pretty darn impressive. Worked mm-hmm. his way up to being a district manager. So this guy was kind of a regional manager. He would go from retail store to retail store for this particular company, making sure things were running properly, making sure everything was was as it should in these stores. And unfortunately, because of restructuring, he was let go from his job. Uh, he was offered 
John, upon termination, four months as a severance package. And his spidey senses were tingling, as they should have been. So he reached out to us and he said, and he reached out to me and he said, you know, hey, Alex, you know, I've been there for six years. I'm a manager. I feel like this might be a little light. What do you think? And well, what I explained to him, John, is what we explain day in and day out to all of the people that we speak to when it comes to severance, which is that unfortunately, this particular employer has significantly under-offered the severance that they're prepared to pay. Based on this gentleman's age, and again, he was in his early 40s, I think he was 43, six and a half years of service in a management level position. John, this gentleman was looking at an eight-month severance package quite easily, I would say. Uh, Literally, he was offered 50 cents on the dollar. Now, I'm not telling you this story, John, because it's you know somehow shocking or a rare incident. This happens all the time, every single day. Uh, John, people are being offered fifty cents on the dollar yeah. uh, uh, for their severance entitlements. And so, what happened over the past couple of weeks is I reached out to the company on this gentleman's behalf. I had a couple of conversations with their legal counsel. Two weeks later, John, and this is again not a rare occurrence. Two weeks later. We have a deal for this gentleman at eight months of severance pay. It's his full severance entitlements. We got him exactly what he was owed. This guy is now stress-free. He doesn't have to worry over the next few months about what job is going to come next. He has the time that he's going to need to get out there and find and find the comparable employment. Uh, you, you know, and he'll have plenty of time to do that. So it's a lesson for all our listeners out there when it comes to severance. Don't just assume what your employer is doing is legal. Don't assume that they're offering you the correct amount of severance uh, pay. Oftentimes, uh, and almost always, severance being offered by a company is going to fall short of what your actual entitlements are based on your age, position, and years of service. And not only that, John, but in addition to that, it's actually not complicated to resolve these kinds of situations. John, it doesn't take years of litigation and complicated legal processes. Oftentimes, Giving the company a call and you know sending a letter or two to an employer is all it takes to get an employee the severance that they're owed, and that's exactly what we did for this gentleman in this particular case. And uh, you can do the same. Sometimes it's as simple as just making a phone call and getting some information from Alex and his team. Really simple, right? One eight five five eight two one. 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can also reach out anytime and learn much more at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Constructive dismissal. Let's get into this topic as it's going to be the first thing we cover on the show today. Um, I mean, what is it and how do you know when it's happened, Alex? Yeah, another topic, you know, uh, speaking of severance, constructive dismissal is another one of those employment law topics, John, where I mean, we talk about this issue as employment lawyers day in and day out. I mean, literally, there is not one day that passes that what is a constructive dismissal or is this a constructive dismissal or not that that kind of question doesn't come across our desk. So very simply, John, when we are talking about a constructive dismissal, it's a legal term that's used in the employment law context. It refers to whenever there is a significant change in an employee's terms of employment. And obviously, that should be a negative change, right? So, I mean, obviously, if you're being promoted and you're being given a raise, well, that's not a constructive dismissal. That's something that an employee actually wants. It's a negative change that changes your terms of employment in a significant way. And that can happen across multiple kind of terms of employment. So let's let's think of kind of the big, the major terms of employment when it comes to any kind of employment relationship. Of course, there's what the employee's 
pay is, there is their uh, responsibilities and their occupation, what they're actually doing. Uh, there's going to be the hours that they work. You know, more and more nowadays with COVID, it's about where you're working. Are you working from yep. home uh, or not? And then there may be other more minor items like, you know, your benefits package, uh, things of those natures. And we could think of examples of constructive dismissal, John, across all of those different terms of employment and any major change to any of those. So, for example, if your employer is reducing your pay, uh, if your employer is going to change your hours in, in a significant way, if okay. your employer uh, is going to demote you from your position, any of those items can be considered a constructive dismissal. And what that does for an employee is it gives you the right to either refuse the change and say, no, I'm not accepting that change, employer. I think that's a constructive dismissal, so I'm saying no. Or alternatively, you can treat the constructive dismissal as a termination and obtain your severance entitlement. So rather than accept a negative change to the terms of your employment, you can actually walk out the door and effectively resign, but resign with a severance package. That's what a constructive dismissal is in a nutshell, uh, John. And again, we see this lots in the workplace. Again, this is not a rare occurrence. What if I decide to continue working after that negative change to my job? I, I mean, depending on the degree. I mean, if they're if they're making me travel another three hundred k to work every day, I mean that's kind of a no brainer. But if it's a slight change, but it still falls in the envelope of constructive dismissal, what if I decide to continue working after that negative change to my job? Yeah, listen, it's a it's a risky endeavor in that if you decide to accept the change, let's say by continuing to work under those. Uh, new terms of employment, I mean, even without signing an agreement, John, or without anything kind of formalized, you're basically implicitly accepting the change, which is a concern, right? So again, let's use our example of a pay change. If your employer tells you, you know, hey, this year I'm cutting your commission in half and, uh, you know, rather than we're earning $100,000 a year, you're going to be earning $60,000 a year. Well, that is a very obvious constructive dismissal. John, you would have the right in a situation like that as an employee to reject that change and get your severance. And the benefit to that is you're going to be getting severance based on $100,000 a year, not $60,000 yeah. a year. And that's probably one why you know choosing the constructive dismissal route is the better course of action. But listen, if you accept that pay structure, right, and you continue working, well, now you've... And listen, maybe if it's a week or two later and you know within a reasonable amount of time, you figure out, you know what, this is not for me. This is too too significant to change. Well, you know what? Maybe if it's that close to the change, you're probably still stay safe. You could probably uh, contest it. But if it's, you know, even a month later or a couple of months later, uh, listen, mm. I'm not comfortable with that situation. The employee may very well have accepted the change if they decide to continue under working under, under the new terms of employment. Can you possibly, uh, you know, sign a little thing saying, look, employer, I'll try this for uh, three weeks, four weeks, a month max, and if I don't like it, I'm going back to the old ways? Because some people really like their jobs, even with changes. They just want to, you know, cover the rear end, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great suggestion, John. And if there is, if there's one way that I would, uh, you know, advise an employee to try out a change to the terms of employment that's exactly how i would do it which is you want to make it clear you want to put it in writing it could be in an email uh to your employer saying listen i just want to try this out temporarily i'm not particularly comfortable with it i'm just going to try it out for a week or two that i'm okay with uh, john because you've yeah. clearly 
given uh, the heads up to your employer that you're not particularly comfortable with the change and that you're going to be trying it out, you're effectively reserving your right to take issue with it. But still, John, when it comes to constructive dismissals, and again, this can apply to a change in your position. This can apply uh, to a change in your work hours. We see lots of those very often. You know, an employee that's worked day shift for 15 years is all of a sudden being required to work the night shift indefinitely. That's a constructive dismissal, John, and it's a very obvious yep. one, actually. Uh, I don't feel comfortable with employees with employees accepting uh, those changes, even if it's on a temporary basis, because a lot of times the employee knows already that it's not going to work out, uh, uh, John. And what they're really doing is they're they're a little kind of fearful of saying no. Employees should feel empowered to say no in situations like that. These, these laws, constructive dismissal laws, they are quite strong and they should give employees the right to reject negative change like that in their employment. Lots more coming up in the uh, second half of the Employment Law Show, and that is coming up right after a short break. Stick around. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. And welcome to it. Oh, you still got time, so make that call. you got a few minutes to go, so uh, pick up the phone. Failing that, reaching out afterwards to Alex Lucifero, partner, San Firu Tamarkin, LLP. Here is how, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Talking about uh, constructive dismissal just before the break. We'll kind of continue for another minute or two, Alex, with that topic, because it's one people should definitely be familiar with. So uh, can I get severance if I'm constructively dismissed? If so, should I just, well, wrap it up, quit, walk out, and then seek the severance package, or uh, I've kind of got things in reverse? Yeah, so ultimately the the main point uh, and the main goal ultimately of, of claiming constructive dismissal, John, is to receive your proper severance entitlements. And a lot of times, as I was mentioning before the break, that is the better option for a lot of employees. So let me give you an example here, if I can, uh, John, quickly. And one of the other areas that a constructive dismissal can occur is with respect to temporary layoffs. And we've been preaching this now for two years straight, John, almost every single show, which, which is that, you know, especially when it came to COVID temporary layoffs and what they were calling infectious disease emergency leave, employees have the right to treat temporary layoffs as constructive dismissals. And when you think about it, it makes perfect sense. A constructive dismissal is a really significant change to the terms of your employment. You're basically being sent home without pay and without work. That's basically the biggest constructive dismissal that there can cost there can possibly be, uh, uh, John. And when we're talking about you know severance and constructive dismissal, in a situation like that, where for example you're you're uh, temporarily laid off, really you have two options, John. Either you treat yourself as constructively uh, dismissed and you obtain your severance entitlements. That is the recourse that the constructive dismissal gives you. It's one of severance. Either you go down that road, and that's almost always the recommended course of action. Alternatively, if you don't claim the constructive dismissal and you don't go after severance, John, you're basically accepting the temporary layoff. And the problem with that, and the reason why severance 
is the right way to go, constructive dismissal is the right way to go, is that if you accept the temporary layoff now as an employee, well, guess what? You're now giving your employer the power time and time again into the future to temporarily lay you off again and again and again. If you don't dispute the first constructive dismissal, you can't then dispute the second or the third and the, or the fourth. And that could potentially apply to other types of constructive yeah. dismissals as well. For example, if your employer changes your schedule or changes your hours and you accept it the first time, well, then if they change your hours again the second time, you might not have any recourse or any rights in a situation like that. So pursuing the constructive dismissal and getting your severance and getting out of the company is definitely the right way to go. Now, having said that, John, and we've we've preached this over the course of many, many years now, you and I. Do not, for all our listeners out there thinking they might be in a constructive dismissal situation and putting two to two, two and two together there, do not just go to your employer and quit and tell them yeah. you've been constructively <laughs> dismissed and then call us and reach out to us and try and get severance. Speak with an employment lawyer first before you make any decisions, before you even decide whether you think you've been constructively dismissed or not. Get advice from an employment lawyer. Make sure you know what your options are. You know what the right course of action uh, is we don't want you claiming constructive dismissal if it's not a crystal clear situation and we can't get you your severance entitlements. You also want to get advice like that right away as the change is happening and before it's even implemented. And so time is often very much of the essence in these situations. I want to slide over to uh, an email we just got moments ago. Alex, again, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Craig this time says, hey, Alex, I've been uh, employed for two years as a project manager, was just let go. The company says I don't get any severance because it's a construction company. Is that true? Yeah, geez. Well, it's absolutely not true, uh, John. And our longtime listeners will absolutely mm -hmm. know that, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of misinformation out there, a lot of mis uh, uh, of myths out there when it comes to employment law. The construction industry, John, is one of those areas of the law where, you know, you'll get a lot of nonsense uh, out there. And this is one of those where employees are not owed severance simply because they work in the construction industry. Absolutely false, uh, John. Not true at all. Employees in the construction industry are owed just as much severance as employees in any other industry uh, are owed. This gentleman's severance is going to be based on his age, position and years of service. I can probably tell you right now, John, if he is a two-year employee uh, in a project manager position, he could be looking at anywhere between probably four and six months as a severance package, depending on his uh, age. For the employer to say that he's not owed any severance, complete nonsense. Uh, John, there's no question this gentleman's owed severance if he's been let go. Things your employer won't tell you. Get into a couple of these with the remaining time. Number one is you are likely, I mean, darn likely owed more severance than you are offered. How about that? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we have, uh, there's a laundry list here of things your employer won't tell you, John, when it comes to yep. the employment law uh, world. And severance has to be up there at the top of the list. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about it. I mean, to, uh, you know, to the, the case of the day that I was discuss discussing at the top, uh, of the show. Literally every single day, John, we uh, speak to people who have been offered less severance than what they're actually owed. Uh, you know, employers will view uh, severance negotiations as a business transaction. They are hoping for a good deal. Uh, John, they are hoping to pay less than what an employee's full severance entitlements are. That represents good business for an employer, represents good value for that particular transaction. 
uh, you as an employee should be thinking about severance in the same exact way. You should be holding out for what's fair from your point of view and making sure that ultimately uh, the severance is enough to hold you over until you can find new employment and is corresponding to your full severance entitlements. Otherwise, it's not a fair shake and employees should absolutely be standing for a fair shake in the employment law world, particularly when it comes to severance. Let's get a call in there. That would be Mike. Thanks for standing by for a moment. Mike, how are you today, pal? Not too bad, thank you. Beauty, what's uh, what's on your mind? What I uh, I was listening to you um, talking about constructive um, dismissal, dismissal? stuff yeah. like that. And what it is is I'm a truck driver. Now, um, the equipment breaks down an awful lot. Uh, the last time it was last, uh, probably a week ago on a, on a Saturday, it broke down. Now my boss said, oh, I'll have it up and running uh, Monday. Um, but there wasn't another truck available because another driver was using a, a spare truck. And so he said, you know, just go home. Now, I live 200 kilometers away from the shop, and I work out of a, a separate terminal where I parked the truck closer to my home, and they call that, that my terminal. But I, So I sat at home for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, then he said, oh, come get your truck. And I said, well, I don't have a ride. And so I, I said, oh, I'll try and figure one out. So then he texted me back later, and he said, don't worry about it. Your truck's unavailable. Well, he was using my truck for, you know, for the company, company business while I sat at home for a week. And I'm just wondering, is that like constructive dismissal? Because that's not the first time it's happened, eh? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Mike. And and my concern would be that, well, yes, if this becomes, you know, a common theme of your employment, that may very well be a constructive dismissal because it's obviously affecting your pay, right? So if this keeps happening and, and your pay is being reduced significantly as a result, and it's obviously not your fault, right? I mean, it's not uh, because you're doing or not doing something. Yeah, I think you need to keep a very close eye on that. Now, would I claim constructive dismissal right now? Not necessarily, but I think you likely want to set expectations with your employer and you know draw the line in the in the sand, figuratively speaking, by saying, you know, listen, we need to figure out a solution here. If this keeps happening, I can't afford to stay at home for a week at a time without being uh, uh, paid. It's just not an option. We need to figure a way around that so that I'm not losing out on my pay and my income. And if your boss doesn't cooperate in that respect, Mike, and it does happen again, well, then maybe, you know, maybe that is a constructive dismissal. So listen, what I would suggest is let's have a chat off air. We can talk, we can kind of strategize about how you want to approach your boss about this. Obviously, we want to do it in a professional way and in a positive way. But I think at this point in time, it sounds like setting expectations is what you should be doing and making sure that this doesn't become a routine occurrence of you know staying home all week because you don't have a truck available to you and losing out on a week's pay as a result mike appreciate the call and reaching out now that uh, you're done and we're done almost uh, 1-855-821-5900 1-855-821-5900 man the trucking industry and the construction industry non-union of course you get a ton of phone calls every week i don't know what's going on it's uh, it's it's crazy, crazy stuff, man. But look, we are just about out of time. But uh, fear not. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we are on four nights a week with the Employment Law Show. So you got tons of time to reach out and contact Alex and our other hosts. So we'll we'll leave it there for now. To reach out, as I just mentioned, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And finally, you know it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We are back tomorrow night again. 
at 6.30. So join us, Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Entertainment.